Welcome to the Cherry Picker, the horror movie podcast where we like to kill people, but not really. I'm your host, Zach Cherry, and with me as always is... I am turning 30 next week and I just want to go home and grow oranges! Edward. Of Edward is Truth. <laughs> and uh, today we're talking about Identity, released yeah. April 25th, 2003. This is yeah. a, uh, oh, I guess 19 years old now, almost 20. Wow. And uh, oddly enough, you we've been talking about this movie for a while now. About revisiting it. Don't squint your eyes. Yeah. We've, we, we have. Uh, <laughs> but a lot of people... It was people, a smile. It yeah, was a like, smile. Let the record show. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a squint. Um, but, <laughs> but a lot of people have been asking uh, if we would ever do this movie. Uh, really? Like even requesting it. Yeah. Even, like, I've, I've seen comments on YouTube and, like, especially on Patreon. So it just, it yeah. just worked out very serendipitously that like we had planned to do this for a while now we kind mm. of had our first run of episode this is episode 25 now wow. um I yeah so I, I mean not that like we've separated these into seasons or anything but i i feel like that like i'd already like promoted what our first 24 episodes were gonna be and now i feel mm -hmm. like from this point on it's, it'll be a secret you know well you'll find out in like hey. the end of the the week before what we're doing next week right but, uh, right right yeah this this had been planned for a while but we didn't we didn't tell anyone um so yeah identity this is a, a movie starring john cusack it's yeah. got uh ray liotta it's, it's got a, a, a actually a really great cast like everyone in this movie because you've got uh, uh, Alfred Molina. Amanda Peet, Amanda Alfred Pete, Molina, Ray um, Liotta, Clea Duvall. Clea Duvall, yeah. <laughs> from <laughs> Jake Busey, Rebecca <laughs> DeMornay. I love her. Who I did not um, recognize. I did not recognize her, though. It's crazy. And uh, um, uh, John Hawks. Yeah, right? Yeah. Um, so, so actually, like, a like just a really good ensemble of, of people. And uh, obviously... Well, what's it about, is, Zach? Well, is that where you want to come in? I, I'll just say this is a... <laughs> this is a murder mystery with a twist. Uh, with a lot of... With a lot of twists. And uh, why don't you, you go ahead and you lead us in with a... <laughs> <laughs> Let's just get it out of the way. Yeah. <clears throat> Loosely based on Agatha Christie's 1939 Who Done It and Then There Were None, a convict awaits execution for a vicious mass murder. His journals, now newly discovered, not introduced during the trial, prompt his appointed psychiatrist and the defense attorney to argue for the consideration of this evidence at a midnight hearing just prior to Malcolm's execution date. Meanwhile... Ten strangers find themselves stranded in the middle of a torrential rainstorm at a remote Nevada motel. 
The group consists of an ex-cop, now limousine driver, a washed-up, irritable actress, a police officer transporting a convicted murderer, a sex worker, two young newlyweds, and a family of three, with both ends of the nearest road completely flooded. The group is temporarily cut off from the rest of the world as they are mysteriously killed off one by one, left to contemplate and decipher what could possibly be the killer's identity. <laughs> yeah. yeah, very nice. Very nice. Yes. Um, Thank you. When did you first see Identity? Uh, I first... I can't remember if it was uh, a rental or if it was uh, just me borrowing my sister's <laughs> DVD because I'm pretty sure she did own this while we were still occupying the same space. And I remember... I just remember watching it at home in the afternoon. Um, I'd heard good things, so I was interested. And I watched it and, uh, you know... Yeah, fine. you know how it goes. <laughs> how about yeah. you well this came out this is uh 2003 so this would have uh released right around the time i was finishing high school and i mean high school sucks <laughs> yeah um i i mean for most people i'm sure uh well, but uh, the only the, it, but not me yeah the, the the only solace i really had uh during those years was was horror movies and uh, mm. I remember, you know, I would try to go to as many new releases as possible. Um, and I think I, like, probably explained this before. Like, I, you know, a lot of the times I would have to get my mom to take me because it yeah. was uh, R-rated or, or whatever the, yeah. the equivalent was here in Canada because I couldn't go in on my own. And I'm not sure if this was one of them because I can't remember if, if I did see it with her or I saw it with friends. But I just remember it was it was one of those movies I had gone to. And I think like a lot of the movies that were coming out around this time were not great. Um, <laughs> I don't know if it, does this predate Freddy versus Jason uh, or did that come before? I, I, I don't know. It's 2003. Yeah. So isn't Is it, that the same well, year? This came out in April. So I, I'm just not sure uh, oh, 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 if it oh, was oh, before or after Freddy versus Jason. But, you know, like a lot of a lot of the horror movies uh, at that time were just very disappointing to me. Um, but it was, I was still happy to, to be getting horror movies and to seeing horror movies because even if I didn't like them, I always had a whole back catalog of, of older movies that I would continuously watch on repeat anyway. Uh, but I saw this one and, uh, I mean, I guess it's like, this is classified as a mystery thriller. Uh, obviously there are, there are a lot of horror elements in it because, you know, there's a sure. killer on the loose and people yeah. are dying They're in brutal yeah. ways. Um, yeah. uh, but I, I just remember I was really into it. I was like really into the mystery and then there's a twist and I, we're going to, I'm sure there's a lot of people who haven't seen this. So we're going to try to, we'll, we'll eventually get to spoilers in here. I feel, I don't want to reveal anything. I think you should, okay. anyone who's listening, who hasn't seen this should go out and, and watch it. I don't know where it's available or streaming, uh. It, it, I mean, you can rent it on Redbox. You can rent it on Apple Plus. Uh, you, you can rent it 
on YouTube. So yeah. it's 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 findable. It's streamable. Okay. Uh, but I'll just I'll just say this of of the the twist as it, as it were towards the end. It's it's one of those things like it's it was a very risky thing. Like I could see it being very unsuccessful with probably a lot of younger like people who were my age at that time who would who would go see a movie like mm. that and, and probably be like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> um, <laughs> and I yeah, I was just like that's different. Um, but I I don't remember when I revisited it next. But I, I feel like every time I've watched the movie since, like knowing what happens, mm-hmm. I'm still fully engrossed in it. Like there's still there's still more that I get out of it every time I watch it. Because um, we you know we did us uh-huh. last week and I talked about how <laughs> just like that's a like I can watch that twice and I'm good. I don't need to watch it again as like <laughs> as you know beautiful as it is and everything. But this movie I'm just like I, I found myself so like not just like mentally <laughs> engrossed, but like emotionally engrossed in it as well. Huh. that like I just like oh my god I love this movie and I'm sure that this is a movie like wow. there's probably a lot of people who are like this is not a I mean it's just it's nothing special but you know you and I have talked about this it's like it's special for me and that's all that matters mm-hmm. so, yeah absolutely yeah. and I, uh, I, I commend you on uh, your attachment to this this property but um, yeah. that said I think uh, in light of this and in light of Knives Out, another Agatha Christie adaptation or uh, Agatha Christie style adaptation, you know, mm-hmm. um, I think Agatha Christie just is not my jam. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's something about uh, 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 the, the, this particular structure and the way it, it can be executed and seems like in some of its most kind of yeah. like. Uh, uh, mainstream, or I mean, I don't know how main. Th- I mean, this movie isn't hidden. It's not an indie film, right? I mean, I don't it's think pretty... that it's not hidden. <laughs> uh, I've heard a lot of people classify this as being underrated, and I okay. don't think that it's underrated. I think that it's pr- like proportionately rated for like you know the the quality of it and what people seem to think. They're just like it's a it's a good film. It's and with a good twist. Mm. Um, mm. Like I don't I don't hear a lot of like oh, fuck that movie, or, like, you know, like, really, like, poor reception, and I don't hear a lot of, like, this is the best movie there ever is. So I think that this is just a very under-the-radar movie. You know, again, Uh, like, uh, early 2000s, like, a lot of stuff got got mixed in the shuffle. You have to remember, this is, like, like the early 2000s, everything was changing, like, especially in cinema, mostly due to 9-11, because... That was when, like, I don't think horror was really at the forefront of of a lot of people's minds. There was more so just like it was like movies about espionage and and, and things like that because mm. people like counterterrorism and stuff. So it's you know when horror movies were few and far between, and when horror movies came out, they were still kind of trying to you know follow the scream template. Yeah. And at that point, like it had already that well had dried up. So, you know, a lot of horror movies were unsuccessful. Um, and then I think eventually it got to, because Saw came out the, a year later, as mm-hmm. well as, okay, and we also had Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Dawn of the Dead remake. So that's when it was just like, okay, remakes 
and torture porn. That's what people right. were like all about at that time. But like, like there was a transition there in the early 2000s where it's just like, we're not really sure. Like people are, people are very afraid <laughs> about life. And, <laughs> you know, they just, yeah. there are certain things that, you know, worked successfully in the theater and certain things that just bombed. And I don't, I didn't look up to see, you know, how well this movie did. I know that it, like it got a good review because I distinctly remember reading Roger Ebert's review of it when it came out. Um, cause I always, cause I was just like, what is this? What does this guy have to say about horror movies? Yeah, you know, right. cause he, it was always negative and it was just like, Oh, okay. Right. Like he's, he's saying it's good. That might mean that it's not good, but you know, I, I it turned out to be good for me. Um, so <laughs> it's a uh, train of thought um, completely lost it there. Uh, but, you were talking about the trajectory of basically horror and where yeah. the, where it was landing. And this one, this one I think uh, is kind of an outlier in terms of just like trends of horror. Like it didn't seem to be following any particular trends. I mean, and also the fact that it's a thriller uh, and leans more into like mystery thriller than maybe, or, or leans into mystery thriller as much as it does into horror. Yeah. I think uh, is to its credit, the thing that uh, I'm going to try to speak without spoilers here, but uh, I, the, the, the problem for me, I think <clears> is that, before the uh, uh, twist uh, is revealed, or the, or the movie's you know secret is kind of revealed to us in its full form, and we're the the, the characters are made as conscious of what's going what's been going on this whole time as we are in real time. Mm-hmm. That there's so little time left once that discovery is made by the you know the the, the core character and us. That it, it actually kind of disappoints me because I feel like everything that preceded it, I don't have the same reaction uh, that you do uh, watching the movie. I Man. feel like everything that everything prior to that reveal, once the reveal happens, I feel like, oh, we got a good movie. Um, <laughs> but prior to that, I feel like I'm watching uh, kind of just like a really poorly handled uh, 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 whodunit. And I feel like... Characters who I don't find particularly interesting, uh, aside from arguably Paris. I think Paris is probably my window in because she seems to be genuinely concerned about people like uh, Ginny. And also, yeah. she's the first one to really kind of push Paris? up against... Yeah. No, uh, I was going to say... push Par- up against Ed. Yeah, Paris. Paris yeah. is the quote-unquote hooker. Um, and I, and I say, (laughs) well, what, whatever her, her current situation is, but the, the thing that I found about that, cause like there, there's several characters, actually mostly just the, the, uh, motel manager, uh, played by Mm -hmm. John Hawks, who's just, you know, giving her, he's just like, is that a hooker? And then just being like really disrespectful and then like literally calling her out as a hooker. And I'm just like looking at her and just like, she's weird. Like she's not dressed overly, um, like provocative or anything like i i mm-hmm. i wouldn't look at her and just think that's a hooker so it's just like mm-hmm. I, I don't know if that was just like maybe uh a fuck up on like the wardrobe department or like just like or she wasn't giving enough like hooker vibes but i just like i didn't see it and i remember i remember if... when i saw it in the theater for the first time i was just like like she like there's nothing about her that just like screams sex worker no, other, no. Other than like um, that, we see that flashback of her her memory, right? 
with the man with yeah. the, with the cake on his yeah. The, and she's and, and even then she's and, yeah she's like dressed up like she's like more like a call girl in that mm-hmm. you know she's like an <laughs> looks like an expensive hooker there so. Well, I think there's an argument to be made. I mean, I don't know when we're going to start into spoilers, but I feel like the spoiler in and of itself might be a way to kind of like answer any kind of uh, things they might pick up on about yeah. each other. Okay, you know? yeah, well, we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll get to we'll get to that later then. Okay, cool. Okay. Um, but um, she but she is my window in because she's also I felt like watching John Cusack again like. Great. I agree with you. Great cast. Like, I love the people. We also didn't bring up uh, John C. McGinley, I don't think. But, um, and, and everybody, even the people who, whose names I didn't know before going in, like this guy, William Lee Scott, who plays Lou, the, the, the newlywed, uh, husband, and, uh, Layla Kenzel, who plays Alice, the wife, and, uh, anybody. Um, so, mm-hmm. but, uh, so John Cusack, we're talking about an actor who, the second he's on screen, like, I, I, I I like him. I'm with him. Like mm-hmm. I feel like I can trust him. And I liked that. Uh, 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 on one hand, I liked the fact that like I could kind of like trust him to, I guess, be motivated by something kind of almost noble. You know. That said, he really kind of became kind of assumed the role of the Macready pretty early in this movie once the group started to kind of you know become a group and i like the fact that uh amanda pete's character paris is the first one to really just kind of like look him in the eye and go like you know what you're not a cop anymore so you know this isn't your job it's not your job to save anybody or whatever the fuck she says she just kind of like just stops him in his tracks and goes like listen and also you're not in control yeah like she well she goes back to her room because like they're all told like Mm -hmm. stay put in I guess like the main right. lounge or like the, the the first room where the the family is, uh, once they yeah. know that there's like a, a kill it like someone has died, and she yeah. goes back into her room because like she's supposedly stolen this money. That's what she's you know taking to start her life over and and you know buy that orange grove and and whatever. So she goes back to her room to check on it, and that's where mm-hmm. he sneaks up behind her and he's just like, "What are you doing in here?" And then that's that's when she's just like. What business is that, is that of yours? Like, what are you yeah, doing yeah. in here? This is my room. Right, um, right exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd and like, you know me, I mean, I lo- I'm, a ch- I'm a fan of Childs, you know, like, uh, we're talking the thing, McCready yeah. and Childs, if anybody's wondering, and hasn't seen that episode yet. But um, <laughs> I like the person who questions the one who is assuming authority and kind of like trying to hold dominion over the group, for better or worse. Like, I do trust him, but I also yeah. think like, dude... You're, you're, you're moving into, you know, this rescue, like people are, people are dying and you're not really preventing it. So you need to kind of like step back and yeah. recognize that you're just as out of control as everybody else here. Maybe, maybe a little less because some people get really emotional. And that's, yeah. that's another thing. It's just like, okay, I don't know how many minutes are devoted to the fight between Ginny and Lou, the newlyweds, yeah. but, but between that, that bathroom door or even before that, when it's revealed that like they got married, they just got married because apparently she claimed she was pregnant and now she reveals that she isn't pregnant. But the reason she let him marry her or wanted him to marry her is because a girlfriend of hers uh, told her that she saw him with some other girl yeah. and he even has a line in response. It's just kind of like, are we in fucking junior high or something yeah. like that? 
And I'm just kind of like, and she's just, uh, poor Clea Duvall, I adore her as an actress. Yeah. I feel I felt so bad for her watching her as an actress, having to sit there and just be diminished to this weepy, irrational, emotional girl character who's just <laughs> going to like, I just want you to calm down before I open the door. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> it's so mm-hmm. beneath her <laughs> when I know what she's capable yeah. of. So that upset me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Does that make sense? No, no, I totally get that. I see. I'm not upset at all because I just it, like all of these characters here. Like it just like for me, it's just like you're adding more texture to to of the course. story with these people, and that's pretty <laughs> much like uh, at that point, that's kind of like where that story really ends anyway. Just in terms of like their <laughs> their shotgun marriage. Um, yeah. But interestingly, because I was watching uh, Blu-ray special features and there were some deleted scenes and I wanted to watch through them. And one of the deleted scenes was an extended scene between them, which just continues on after they enter the room. Like when they close the door and the the six swings upside down and and it's the Mm -hmm. nine. Um, And they... They, like they have a fight there, so I can see why it was taken out because it's just like you're you're just kind of hitting the same beat that you're gonna hit later on, and mm-hmm. she. Wh- I'm glad that this is like I'm kind of glad they took this out, but at the same time I'm not because it does give us more with Amanda Pete, uh, and in the scene, Cleo Duval calls out her her newly wed husband for mm-hmm. uh, like staring at. Uh, at Amanda Pete's breasts, but, but she says, right. she's like, Oh, we're going to talk about how you were staring at that hooker's breasts. So again, it was like more characters just assuming that, you know, she's a hooker, but <laughs> even though she is, you know, but I, I'm glad it was taken out because it makes her like, cause she's already an annoying character for being that, that weepy uh, archetype yeah. that you described, but now she's being judgmental of a character who we're already more connected with. Uh, considerably mm-hmm. with, with with Paris, um, but also just because Paris is like the one that's kind of like consoling her later, like she's the one that's like yeah. you know taking care of of all these people uh, yeah. after after you know people start getting murdered. And mm-hmm. it's the the funny part, like the best part about this scene is that like no sooner does do they start screaming about that that Paris comes and knocks on the door and they open and she's just standing there in the rain and she's like. Hey, three things. Uh, first of all, um, <laughs> she's like, I really appreciate the fact that you guys gave us a lift to the motel when we were stranded there. That was like super cool of you. Uh, second thing, these walls are really thin, so I'd appreciate it if you could take like keep the hooker talk <laughs> down to a minimum. And third, Lou, yes, you were staring at my tits because I think like his argument was like I was not staring at her tits, and right, she's like, right, hey, right, good night. Right. <laughs> Um, so, I mean, I I can see why they took it out, but at the same time, like we, we lost like a really good moment with her. There was another scene that was taken out. Yeah. There was another scene that was taken out, which, uh, another, it was pretty much redundant. Like that was the, all the scenes that were taken out and it was with, uh, Rebecca de Mornay. Cause I guess what had initially happened was she got a motel room and she didn't like it, so she moved to another room. And that was the room when Ray Liotta's character came with with 
his convict, Busey, and uh, the the motel manager was taking them to that room and then we're surprised to see her in there. And just like, what are you doing in here? And she's like, that room you gave me was a shithole. So I just moved here and they're like, whatever. But that was I, the thing about that scene because as I was watching the movie, because you know how I'm always like, looking out for, for details and just get really pissed uh-huh. off when what, if there's like a goof or a continuity error because he gave her a key to room eight. And later on when we see her, when she goes out into the rain to like get her, her signal, like her, her cell phone bar, she's coming out of room right. nine. So I'm just like, but he gave her a key to room eight. And I even looked on like IMDb <laughs> and that's like the first goof that comes up. But that deleted scene shows us that that's the reason why. So uh, I, I mean... Okay. I respect that you know it wasn't a goof, but they they took that scene out because it was it was unnecessary. They didn't they didn't need it. I think uh, the director said that it just slowed down the pace because at that point they were kind of building up this tension before the first murder. And I you know I agree. Mm. I, th- I think that the pacing in this movie is actually really good. There's there's not there's no lulls for it. I know that you talked about like the the scene with the, the couple uh, arguing, yeah. but I would even argue that like that's important because it's it's basically it proceeds and leads into the second murder. But I, I, I understand that like structurally, like what it, what it, what, what it is and what it does in, in the, ter- in terms of like putting us in the bathroom with Ginny, mm-hmm. Claire Duvall's character and get, setting up tension because we are now in that bathroom with her. We no longer know what is happening on the other side of that door. And that sets yeah. up well, we a know mystery. That, I well, get that. Cause there's but. like, we hear him say, what are you doing here? So the killer right, who right. enters, yeah. but then and then there's silence. But then he starts banging on the door again. So yeah. that's almost a clue because it just let like whoever did come in the room, he just ignored them anyway and continued right. to do what he did. And that person went and killed him. So I mean that right, might right, have right, right. might have been a clue. Uh, might not have been. I will say okay, if there was a scene that, and I don't think this was an unnecessary scene, but I think it could have been maybe I don't know. I just when. When uh, Ed, who's the the, the, yeah. the John Cusack character, is kind of yeah. telling his backstory or like why he stopped being a cop, I couldn't understand what he was saying, and I don't know if it was Me just neither. like that the, the volume was too low, but I didn't care enough to like go back <laughs> and listen again. I just like it, it wasn't relevant. All I was getting out of that is like he was like connecting with her, and that's all I needed to know. When he was telling this and to see, Paris. Right. But see, that's the thing about this movie is that, like, I don't think, like, that's the thing. I don't feel like the actors are doing a bad job as far as, like, kind of, like, expositing, like, whatever it is that, you know, these characters are supposed to uh, represent or, you know, be feeling or whatever, how they're supposed to interact with each other. And I don't even feel like it's shot in a way that is like kind of interminably boring or anything like that. So I had to ask myself, why am I checking out so much? I actually did fall asleep <laughs> about 20 minutes in, ran it back. Uh, Cause I think I remembered up until about the 10 minute mark, watched mm. it again, fell asleep about 30 minutes in and had to run it back again to the, to the, to the 10 oh, minute wow. mark and really maintain focus and also i'm very tired so maybe there's that but well i was gonna say ironically like i'm the one that usually falls asleep when i watch movies and i, I was like i watched the whole thing through and this was i started watching this at six in the morning i had like a very busy 
day and tonight into days. So, right, right, right. Um, no, but for me, it was it was literally. I think because also we we've we've whenever we discuss movies like the things that we tend to hook into. For me, yeah. of course, it is the interpersonal. It's you know the character arc and all of that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And with this, I felt. Like I couldn't really, even though I, the, the one I could hitch onto the most was Paris, but even with her, like it, the, something about like the, 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 the way it was written, I have to talk about Michael Cooney's screenplay. I, I felt like I was at a certain point just kind of watching things happen. <laughs> like, not mm-hmm. in any kind of context, but it's just like, oh, now that person's meeting that person. And now that person yeah. is, is expressing their, their opinion mm-hmm. on that person they just met. And now we're finding out about the context of this character. But I, I, it, the, I think one thing that maybe if I also want to fault James Mangold for one thing as a director, the director's responsibility in my eyes is to answer the question, why, for the audience, why are you showing me this? And I don't feel like James Mangold had a good answer for me. Uh, at least insofar as like everything that was, was predated, like the reveal, like I, I felt like it almost should have been a jumble. There should, I almost feel like if I'd known that a little bit earlier, like maybe if we had like a really nice long opening sequence, we could have done everything we did with the first, what, like hour and 15 minutes of the movie and then really taken advantage of what follows we're you know almost I mean? we're almost 30 minutes into this so i'm gonna say like i'm gonna cap it here in terms of like okay. non-spoiler conversation so <laughs> if you haven't if for for some chance that you have not seen this and you are intrigued enough that you want to check it out like stop listening go watch the movie come back and yeah. you know pick up at the 30 minute mark but at this point we're going to discuss what the twist of the movie is so I'm, I'm gonna start yeah you don't want to find out from us i'm you gonna start talking about us. that right now so the the, the <laughs> okay. movie starts off you know as you said in your synopsis where there's this gathering of like legal counsel and all this mm-hmm. to, to determine the 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 fate of this inmate who has murdered yeah. uh several people and is on death row and the his lawyer and uh, psychiatrist are there to to prove that he is n- not responsible for these murders because he actually has uh, multiple personality or d- dissociative uh, personality disorder. Right. And right. Uh, one of these personalities is the one that committed the murder and everyone else, including the, the, the man himself, are innocent. So this uh, this is all part of an experimental treatment that they have set up for him in which all of his personalities are going to confront themselves or confront each other uh, for the first time. And that is the movie that we are watching play out at this motel with all of these people. And we don't know that until this is revealed when, when, when John Cusack kind of hears these voices and, you know, comes to like his, his, uh, consciousness and and sees himself in this room talking to all these these lawyers and yes. judges and people and they tell him like you're not real you're just a personality of this person and and what, he sees his reflection he sees his yeah. reflection it's not his face actually the guy who plays him the the Malcolm yes Pruitt I, Taylor Vince yeah oh. I he's doing such a I mean. I, I always talk about like anytime like an actor plays more than one role and he's like mm. he's doing all of that or at least like the ones that are, you know, present when he 
you know, does it. But then he's also like jumping back to, you know, himself and, and all this, but he's doing this thing with his eyes. And I'm just yes. like looking at him like, how is he doing? He's just like rapidly like moving his eyes back and, back forth. and forth. And yes. I, I'm just like, oh my God, that's crazy. Um, yeah. so I have a cousin who can do that, but she can't act. So it is more than just the eye trick, but, but yeah. it's, I, I've seen my cousin do it. It's really fun. But <laughs> anyway, so but they, he makes it work. He's a yeah. great actor. I love, I loved his performance. I think he's my favorite performance of the movie. Okay. Actually. Yeah. Um, so anyway, they, they explain to him that like, what's going to happen is that, uh, this judge is going to rule that, you know, you're, you, in 18 hours, you're, you're going to get the electrical chair or how a lethal injection. And, uh, you know, it's our job right now to prove that the, this man is innocent. One of the people you've met tonight is the killer and you have to kill them yes. in order for this to be over. <laughs> so he can, he can yeah. be, his life can be saved. Um, so that's, that's the twist. That's the big twist. And this comes very late because John Cusack goes back into the, 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 uh, the, the motel, motel world, the, 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 uh, the consciousness of, 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 uh, this man with the, the remaining personalities who are still alive. And then the, the movie plays out, uh, at, mm. at that point. I'm curious to know from you what it was specifically that you were talking about, I guess, in terms of like, things not being that should have been revealed early on that weren't revealed until later. I'm just, I'm just curious now that we can discuss that. Okay, cool. I could, because, because I couldn't connect with uh, the characters, I didn't find what they were going and I didn't find what they were going through interesting enough to sustain me. And then once we finally revealed that like, this is not an actual, uh, like uh, tangible, you know, like like a uh, uh, corporeal, like you know, f uh, world. It's all happening inside this man's head. It's like a man. It's like a motel of the mind. Yeah. And all the all the personalities are, if not duking it out, like they like he said, like Alfred Molina's character, the 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 doctor, Doctor uh, Malik. Uh, makes a point to say like we we knew there would be casualties or something like that we knew there'd be losses that that was to be expected but like it's one of them has to be killed and all that once once we have that information I'm just kind of also because of the greatness of the performance because we do stay with John Cusack at first before we pop back mm -hmm. to Pruitt Taylor Vince playing Malcolm Rivers the killer who has the dissociative disorder yeah. um both of those performances are riveting. The, the, so finally you're showing me something that doesn't feel like a scene I've seen hundreds of times before. It doesn't yeah. just kind of feel like a hack thriller to me. I feel like, what is going on? I, and even though it's the, <laughs> the psychology of it is yeah. still kind of sketchy because it's like, how can you be certain who the killer is like, how, or how can you be certain that only one of the personalities even is a killer, yeah. which leads to actually another twist within a twist later. But, um, for me, that's, that's when the movie really starts. And I checked the time signature and saw there was 15 more minutes basically of like runtime, including the end credits. And I just thought if we could have found this out a lot earlier, I feel like we could have really expedited the action at the motel as like a, as, as like a reasonable place. But I even think the prem, that premise, which is not a premise because it doesn't, it doesn't precede anything, but that whole idea of like, 
this motel of the mind and like this character who is responsible for killing off another character like if you make it about him he has to know go now go back into the as an avatar you know as it were into this Mm -hmm. world and can't show his hand too quickly because he can't if he does other personalities might die you immediately set up even more tension and you make the other personalities in that world mean more to me and you make the deaths mean more to me do you know what like if you put it all in context I, if i know earlier it means more and yeah, that, i thought that would have been a i understand decision. what you're saying and yeah. i'm i'm not going to lie like i would be interested to see that movie as well but right. i think that the movie works like well for what it is because like I like I said uh, this is a movie that I could go back and rewatch again and again because you you see all the clues you see the the certain things because there, there's a lot of like yeah. incongruencies that are just like what's going on I think one of the first right. times is when Jake Busey's character who's you know the the convict who's been handcuffed to the toilet when he escapes and he's mm-hmm. running away from the motel and he runs to another motel and it's the same motel. Because it's yeah. like this video game where you can't actually leave. Like there's there's borders to to what you're playing, so you just kind of like end up back in the same scenario. Um, mm-hmm. So that was the first mm-hmm. thing, and it was just kind of like, how did I get back here? But the movie keeps going on despite that, and you forget about it. Like it's 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 buried in 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 your mind, but you're kind of you're more engrossed in the action that you're not really thinking about. Like, are we going to talk about what we just saw? Because now there's new stakes that have been added and more people are dying. Um, so mm. I think there was actually one uh, instance that I, I actually thought about after the fact. I'm like, maybe they should have revealed this sooner. Um, and that was the fact that Ray Liotta's character was also a convict. Because we yeah. see early on in the, in, in the movie, like after... He arrives, and this is right before the first murder, where everyone's kind of like mulling about in their own business, and like the tension is kind of brewing. And you see uh, Ray Liotta just sitting in the in the motel room with a guy chained up. And at this uh-huh. point, we think that he's the cop, and he gets up and he right. turns around, and we see that he has a hole in the back of his shirt with a blood stain, and he just puts yes. his jacket back yes. on over it. So right there, like beautiful red herring of just like setting mm-hmm. up something that we don't find out until way later and he takes off. So right. you're, you know, he's now a suspect, uh, you know, when the, the murder happens right after that. And right. the twist of, you know, finding out that everything is all personalities in this guy's head happens. But then we kind of come, we come back to the motel and we're with Paris and she's, uh, you know, just kind of like standing there while, Ray Liotta and John Hawks, who plays the motel manager, are the only people who are still alive. And I forget what it is that they're looking for at that point. But she kind of notices something weird. She goes over to the police car and she sees that, like, A, it's been hot-wired. She opens up the glove department, or department, compartment, finds the department of the gloves and finds the, (laughs) I guess, like, the the prisoner transport files, which has the mugshot of both the Jake Busey character who had already been yeah. you know, killed after being tied up and Ray Liotta. Yeah. And it does. Yeah. And I also love this, how the movie does its flashbacks. It kind of does this like freeze frame. Oh my and God. <laughs> jumps I back so to, like, sick of that. Yeah. No, I loved it. I, I loved it. I loved okay, it. And no. they did it. And they, <laughs> they did it with her, even though it's not her flashback, but they're showing how <laughs> just explaining why he had that, yeah. that, hole on the back of his shirt because the actual police yes. officer who was transporting them he like yes he like unscrewed some 
bolts in the in the back of the, the yeah. seat and then like took a like a shank and just kicked it through. Um, yeah. So that's how he killed that guy and then and then uh, assumed his identi- identity. Um, yes. For, for the rest <laughs> of the movie, and I thought about that. I'm just like, well, why? Why? It almost seemed. It just seemed very like posthumous to everything that was like happening. Like we'd already gotten the big twist of the movie, so like, why are we finding this out now? Like it's not as interesting. It's almost like we've already we've already dealt with a big twist, and now we have like a little minor twist. So mm-hmm. I was thinking, like, had they revealed that before we found out that everyone was a, a, a personality? But then I thought about it. I'm just like. No, because at this point, there's still we're we're being led to believe that Ray Liotta is the the killer personality, as it were. So mm-hmm. it's it's still it's more misdirection. It's more things that are misleading us to uh, you know assume certain things that when like by the time the movie ends at the, the very last scene and we do get the 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 reveal of who the actual killer is, you know, it's still as like <laughs> silly and, and and like very campy as it is. I'm just like. Oh wow! Like I, I really like that because I, I, it threw me for a loop. I didn't see it coming. I did dig that. We'll get to that in a second. But just to address the whole Ray Liotta uh, of it all, yeah, uh, the fact that they cast Ray Liotta in that role as yeah. quote unquote Officer Rhodes, yeah, um, that for me, <laughs> I don't trust Ray Liotta anytime he's on screen. So, <laughs> <laughs> and also just he seemed sketchy. Like there did seem to be other things about him. Like he seemed to want to assume power and control as much as Ed did, but I just didn't get that feeling of nobility mm-hmm. from Ray Liotta as I do from John Cusack. And even yeah. and like I said, even John Cusack, I was like, you better check yourself, buddy. And you. Yeah. Ray Liotta, you need to really like dial it down because you're getting in people's faces and screaming at them accusingly, yeah. like when he like he does with um uh uh, uh with uh John Hawk's character Larry, yeah, like with the base. I mean, that is an elaborate kill too. The baseball bat down the throat. That was yeah. interesting. I'd never seen that before. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but just like everything about him just seemed suspicious to me. And I do remember that the first time around. Yeah. I remember I never trusted him once but, when I didn't know the twist of the movie. That's so, the beauty yeah. of a, a murder mystery. Like you have to have red herrings. That's mm-hmm. like you know that's like Cotton Weary in in Scream Two, or you know it's like it's it's <laughs> it's important to have because it's like it's almost it's too obvious that there's no way that it's that's going to be the the person who who's who's the killer. And mm. um, also, by the way, uh, R.I.P. Uh, Ray Liotta, uh, like a month right, ago, yeah. a month ago. Um, it was pretty recent. Yeah, yeah very recent. Um, it's a good actor. Yeah, good actor. Hannibal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was well, thinking Goodfellas, but sure, Hannibal too. I, well, I mean, I try to I try to keep this within within the the horror genre, but the uh, horror genre. I know we'll, you do. I we'll know you we'll do. get to Hannibal at some point. Uh, yes, for an episode. <laughs> um, but I was just uh, thinking. Uh, oh shit. There I go again. Uh, Ray, Ray, Ray Liotta. Uh, 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 Were you talking uh, about how o- obvious? Uh, yeah, about. how obvious it was. Because I mean, yeah. like that was that. Like you need that. Like you because you got to have all these threads of like who it could be. Because I mean, like even at a certain point, with the the fact that like here you have John Cusack's character, and he, I mean, as much as he's like you know, in power and in control, like you said, he was like the McCready of, of this movie. Like even yeah. in the thing, McCready was a suspect for right. a lot of people, including the audience, because we find the, 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 the shredded 
long johns with his name on it. Yes. So that, yes. you know, it's just the fact that every single person, it, I mean, not every single person, but for the most part, there's a lot of people who, you know, mm-hmm. if they don't necessarily have motive, they have like suspicion cast on them that they, you know, it could be them. Um, and okay. with, with Ray Liotta, like what I liked about that, because like he kind of, like just his presence there. Cause I mean, like you talk about how Amanda Pete is like the one who, you know, pushes up against uh, yeah. people and is there, but I, you know, I look at Ray Liotta and he kind of comes in and he's the one that upsets the status quo. Like not, not necessarily Paris, not, not Ed. Cause he's coming in there and he's, you know, supposed to be like, he's the cop. He's supposed to be, if anyone, the one who's the savior in, in this mm. scenario, and even mm. in that conversation you you mentioned earlier, where uh, Paris says to Ed, "Like what? Like what are you doing? Like d- like why are yeah. you doing this? You have no business doing this." And he points no out, "Like well, here. the only <laughs> the only person, like the one officer, he's already lost a convict. Like you know, he's here's all the ways that he's already fucked up. So right, right, right. it's it's nice that you know we have this character come in and everything." is like that he's doing is like cognitively telling us that like he's bad, even though it's just like, we don't really know that at first he's, I think one of the first exchanges he has with a character is when Paris is at the vending machine and he's kind of like yes. coming up and he's, no. and he's just like, Oh yeah. Creep. Like that's, that's yeah. That's like, how did you do that? And, and uh, he's like, what's this? And this is a, probably one of my favorite lines when, when he's like, what's your name? And she's, she's, that was Paris. Or she does it in yeah. her like Southern, like, you know, like her twang. Paris. She, yeah. Paris. He's like, <laughs> oh yeah, I've never been. She's like, well, you ain't going tonight. <laughs> and just brushes right. him off and like, <laughs> walks away. <laughs> and I think that, you know what? I'm glad that you brought up that scene. Cause that's also probably another sliver of like what turned me against him. Because I'm just like, you fucking creep. Stop looking at her. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and it's just. It, it, but I, I think it's also a case of because, um, uh, like you mentioned, like he is the 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 one who uh, upsets the status quo and everything like that. But the problem is, I can never get behind him when he does it. I don't ever think like exactly that's the voice we need right now. Yeah. I never feel that way. Well, about are we supposed it. to? Um, but, well, no. But I mean, if but if you're talking about it like it's a good thing, I'm saying mm-hmm. my experience is never like oh good somebody's upsetting. Them. Except when when Paris does it, I'm like I'm glad somebody's saying it. Yeah. So that's that's the difference between those two characters. Yeah, that's and, but that's fine. The like there's like the there should be more than one person upsetting the status quo. But it just like it depends on like what the tone is and how you respond to you know each one of them. So obviously as the but audience, it, it we're going to be more. Sure you know team paris <laughs> than you know team yeah. Rhodes. Or, hopefully you know. <laughs> after all the the abuse she fucking takes from these men but um but i also feel like um i think ultimately like and i mentioned this earlier with like the agatha christie adaptation thing mm-hmm. i think ultimately because i ran into a similar problem with like knives out and i don't know that many other agatha christie adaptations if anybody knows of one uh Edward is truth on Instagram. I'll say it again at the end, but yeah, DM me. Let me know. Um, let me know if there's something I should watch yeah. because well, this is the thing that I come come up against with the mystery part of it and the way it's handled is that it always feels a little detached for my taste. I always, I, I like, I, I will say I did after the reveal get more on board with once. I mean, especially once uh, Ed knew the context and knew 
to, that he could speak to Paris on like another level and never in a way that he could explain everything that's going on in a way that she would understand or even believe, mm-hmm. but in a way that he could just kind of send her off and try to, I don't care if I go down. I just care that that guy doesn't get to live and get yeah. to kill off everybody else. So one of us who does, you know, who deserves a second chance gets you know like uh uh is is the one who needs and i'm gonna i'm gonna go down fighting for whoever that person is and it ended up being her and that whole exchange whether whether it's the scene as enacted between john cusack and amanda pete or the scene as enacted by uh pruitt taylor vince on his own which was beautiful um either way like i found that profoundly moving and again that's why like Kind of knowing where you are and what's going on would have helped earlier in this movie for yeah. me than like the, because otherwise it just kind of feels like I can see the mechanism. I can see the exoskeleton of like, you know, like with this thing that you're building, the architecture of it and everything like that. Yeah. I understand why it all needs to be there. It's just, it just doesn't send me. I need yeah. that extra little like, why, why do I care? You know? And I got it, but very late. I don't, I don't. So. I see what I like <laughs> is the fact that. Again, like with with the the red herrings of it all, you like nobody knows what's going on. Like, there's even a point where Amanda Pete has like her Jennifer Love Hewitt moment where she's just yes, like, I yes, forget what I the the exact that. line is, but she's just like, I don't know, I give up. Just tell me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was expecting her to scream, "What are you waiting for?" But um, she did scream something else. It was like, "Oh, why are you doing this?" or something like that. I, don't I think she's yeah, line. something about like, "I give up." Just like, "What do you What do you want?" Yes. or something like that. Yeah, what um, do you want? Probably, yeah. Yeah. Um, But what I love about that is because it's like, it's not so much as like figuring out the who, but the why. And this was, you know, kind of presented in like several different threads that it might have been. A lot of it actually brought up by Clea Duvall's character because she says something to the effect of, you know, it has something to do with the Indian burial ground that she saw in in the brochure. And so mm-hmm. it's just like it, it introduces this thread that it could be supernatural. And we're kind of mm-hmm. already shown that it might be because when Jake Busey's character runs away from the motel and then comes like runs directly back into it uh, like before, yeah. just like maybe there is something supernatural that's keeping everyone there. But then she also yeah. brings up she's just like she actually quotes or just the you know, references uh, 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 the 10 strangers uh uh, play and because they she says like maybe there's something there's a connection between us all and at first mm-hmm. they kind of they're just like well where where are you from where were you going where is everybody from yeah. and what i liked yeah. about that because there were certain characters that didn't want it because i and i think it was probably the ray liotta character it was just like that's you know none of your business or you know things like that or you know like mm-hmm. people like at that point had to like come up with lies on the spot and it wasn't until they all realize that they all had the same birthday because obviously they have the right. same birthday as Malcolm. And <laughs> I thought that was something else that I thought was funny because in the, it, at the hearing, uh, Alfred Molina says, um, <laughs> Malcolm is in the midst of a, like, I forget what he said, but I was like, Malcolm in the midst. And it's like Malcolm in the middle, uh, like the television oh, show. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. But uh, <laughs> um, that show was still on at the time that this movie came out. So I, you know, that I, it, I, felt, it head, okay. I felt it was intentional. I felt it was intentional. But um, okay. 
I know at the, at early in the movie they're when they're like at the beginning when the credits are still on and they're kind of like setting up that you know we're coming in for this like midnight hearing and patient mm. uh x or like or uh inmate x and they're just like birthday may 10th uh whatever so then later on in the movie there's like all these conversations and i think that the, like the first one is when uh it's that scene that you you reference where uh paris is pushing up against ed when she's just like you know what like what is this all about and she's just like when when's your birthday or something and she's just like may and she's like taurus just like me uh (laughs) so it's just like first first hint right there that everyone had the same birthday um yeah but then you know later on when because she she says that she's like I'm turning 30 next week and I just want to, yes. you know, like your opening quote. Go and home then, and grow oranges. Yeah. yeah. And then they're like, oh, <laughs> your birthday's next week. Mine too. And they're just like May 10th. Yes. Yes. And then they're all like, they're all having this, this realization. And I love how mm. everyone says it. And then John Cusack is just like, yeah. <laughs> but then they, <laughs> they go and look at all the, the, uh, the licenses and, uh, you know, everyone has the same exact birthday yes. so and right. i and i what like what's that's the that's probably the scene where she's like i don't get it i give up because because none of it no. does make any sense because literally all of these people have arrived at the motel by chance uh because you have the the like the initial in, inciting incident of the of uh the limo hitting the wife and then them going right. to the motel and then and then him driving off and getting stuck in the 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 water like the the flooded road with with Paris who he picked up but then then uh, Jenny and Lou drive over there yeah. and they pick up Ed and Paris and they all go back to the motel so it's just like all these chance encounters of all these people like if if you were to like go through the odds of just like how likely it would be that this would all happen to to mm-hmm. ten or eleven people and every single right. one of them would have the exact same birthday like it's it's unheard of that's why like that's mm-hmm. that's the mystery it's no it no longer becomes like who is it it's the why and when we get that right. reveal which to me is when um, John Cusack goes into the 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 mind of just the and chair. being in, present in that room and they tell him that's yeah. that makes everything worth it because. I wasn't thinking, I wasn't watching a different movie. I wasn't wondering, like, who the killer could be. I was more so mm. wondering, like, why, like, how is this possible? Because there's so many things mm. in this that make absolutely no sense. And that had mm. everything make sense that by the time we got back to it, I I felt satisfied because I was watching a mystery where, you know, they were throwing all these things that, that you know, I, I couldn't possibly tell where it was going to land and that's where it landed. Yeah. So I disagree with you on on the fact of like that should have been revealed early on because I think that mm. then that just becomes, like the rest of the movie just becomes who who is it? Whereas I feel like the pretending that the the, the mystery was a, like who done it uh, rather than a why done it and then, but then figuring mm. out why and then letting the last 15 minutes be like, okay, well, it's this guy, so we're just gonna like quickly take them out. So that's that's why I okay. I, I feel okay. differently from you. Yeah, that makes sense. I ju- it's just it's a long sit for me. Yeah, uh, for something that just doesn't kind of like pay off. It's because uh, it, I don't I don't I, it doesn't yeah. fuel my engine the way it does yeah. for you. Like, it's the a first very hour and fifteen minutes. Of the I mean, movie. like because the first hour and fifteen minutes, like it it is a very generic pres- uh, premise. 
like, you know, just yeah. the, the strangers at a motel and all that. So I, I, I can understand why, you know, it, it just seems like a very unremarkable movie, you know, up until that point. Um, but right. I don't know if you noticed this, but you, the killer is actually, and we haven't even mentioned who the killer is, but the killer is no, revealed. Haven't. You actually see them right before the first murder takes place. Did you notice that? No, I didn't. So the killer, who's little Timmy, as we find out, the, yeah. the little boy, who is the, the son of the, the husband and wife, or the stepson of the, or at least the, uh, right, the, right, right. the, the, the man. The kid. The, the kid, kid, yeah, yeah. He, <laughs> right at the scene where we kind of like go to the uh, the actress's room, uh, Rebecca De Mornay's character, and mm-hmm. she is you know, having this conversation in the mirror. <laughs> She's just like, Jesus it's not Christ. about the money. It's about the working conditions. <laughs> that was almost the line I said at the top of this episode. <laughs> I wish that you had. <laughs> no, I like that Amanda Peets better, better one. but go on. <laughs> no, I like Amanda Peets better, but go on. <laughs> but uh, you, if you look in the, uh, the background, you can see in the window, a silhouette walks up. Uh, you just see them oh. behind the curtain, but then the lightning flashes and you see... Uh, Timmy's face in the curtain. Oh, okay. No, yeah. I didn't notice that at all. Um, I, uh, 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 that, that, I'm glad we're talking about Timmy now. Cause that was another thing that occurred to me that I think kind of like pulled me out of the movie it, it, for a few seconds here and there. Like it kept re- re- recurring to me mm-hmm. because especially this, I've only seen the movie twice now, but I did remember the ultimate spoiler, you know, um, and while I was watching it this time, I think that that actually dragged down the experience for me because I didn't get more out of it knowing like what was going on. I was just kind of like, oh, because right. <laughs> but it the question that it brought up for me also was just in terms of like, and I, I don't need, you know, I mean, I understand it's a movie like, it, it, you know, it doesn't need to be like 100% like psychologically accurate or anything like that because what movies are. But mm-hmm. I I did wonder like, because I have seen some other movies that depict dissociative disorder and I've never seen uh, personalities that are either intercoupled or like related in a familial sense, like where somebody is the father, the mother and the child, all yeah. of like one family or where they're both members of a couple, you know, like they're dating yeah. each other. I've never seen that. And I feel like that was another thing that was just kind of like maybe thrown in. So it wasn't just like a literal group of 10 strangers who (laughs) who were just individuals. I mean, I actually, I would have found that even more interesting too, I think though. Just like, you know. Well, um, what about, okay, what about um, Raising Cain? Because when they're, you've never seen it, uh, Brian Mm -mm. De Palma, uh, John Lith. We should we should do that one. It's been a while since I've, Ooh, I've seen it. Okay. Um, but uh, there, there's a scene where they're because because he has dissociative uh, personality disorder, and okay. you know the the psychiatrist is like you know who am I talking to now? If I'm remembering it, right. like it's been a while. Um, sure. And all of his personalities are they're, like they're talking about the other personalities like they know them. And I don't sure. know a whole lot about dissociative personality disorder to know if that's like accurate or anything if these personalities all you know they they inhabit the same space and Mm -hmm. and communicate with each other so i just saw that like what i saw is the situation of just like looking back on it because there's not i mean other than the main cast there's not really anyone else you know that inhabits this world uh that the the motel exists Mm -hmm. in except for there's two that I that I can recall. There was the one where um, 
the first one of, of Paris's flashback where she had her her John uh, tied sure. up on the bed. Um, yeah. Which I just rationalize as like, well, that's a memory of her. Of course, she's going to have these memories. You know, she's just sh- they, like, who knows what this uh, this procedure is that they're they're inducing on Malcolm, where everyone is right. kind of meeting each other for the first time, or you know, most of them meet- are meeting each other. So sh- she might just be thrust in there with these memories of this personality yeah. that this had happened to her it doesn't necessarily mean, you know, like none of this is real, like, like we're saying. Right, right, right. So like the rules right. are kind of, you know, they're very vague. And then the other mm-hmm. one is the, the original uh, motel manager whose body they see and they find right. in the, in, in the fridge that, you know, John Hawks had put in there. And I mean, yeah. again, cause he mentions how, you know, he'd been working there for months and, you know, he would, people would drive up and he would, you know, let them come in, but we never see them. He just, he says that this has happened because that's part of his memories. So yeah, the only thing that didn't make sense is the, the that body that was there. But again, like rules, I mean, that could just be something that was, th- that the, the doctors had, you know, uh, implanted in his, in whatever that they were doing here. With their, and then there's going to be a yeah. dead body that falls out of the fridge. You know, right. however this, this happens. So I think that like with a lot of it, it's if all these personalities, you know, got to, we're getting together for the first time and you do have this family of the husband, the wife and the mm. kid, um, you know, it could be easy to that they would, you know, that the, basically it's like a dream. It has no uh, beginning or end. So it just starts and they're on the road and they're in this rainstorm and they, you know, they think that they know where they were before that. But like they're not seeing it, and we're not seeing it because we're just seeing what's actually happening in, in mm-hmm. you know the present time, right? If that makes um, sense. No, I mean, and I, all it did was just kind of like logistically, because I remember um, in terms of just like them interacting. I remember moments that again, I don't know if this is like true to life or anything like that. In uh, that movie, that TV movie, Sybil, that uh, Sally Field did, where she had dissociative personality disorder, and there were times where one would tell another with her mouth like she would switch from like one person to another and the person would tell her don't you dare tell and the other person would shift and be like oh no there's no problem you know whatever uh and so there was some interaction i guess and also there was a lot of knowledge about who was in the driver's seat of like the body when they were moving around again i don't know how true to life that movie was either but it it, it, it felt more I don't know if the the word isn't palatable, but it felt like easy to digest. Like I was just kind of like, okay, that seems to make sense, at least in the moment as you're watching a movie and things are going and you're just kind of like moving on to the next moment. But this one, that was a record skip moment for me, just in terms of like the family. I'd be be interested to do some more research if I had that time to (laughs) find out if if that's a thing. There's a commentary. There's two commentaries on the on the Blu-ray, at least there was a a director's and a writer's commentary. And I just I didn't have the time to. To listen to it, sure. and you know how I we've talked about how you know we feel about single person commentaries. They're usually kind of a slog <laughs> to get through because it's like one person having to, you know, it depends on the keep, person. Yeah, if the, you're the, if you're cool talking on your own, then maybe. But some people just sit there and just describe yeah. what's going on on screen, and that's interminable. There's but a, Michael Cooney, though, the screenwriter. Yeah, there's only two other projects of his that I was familiar with, and it's Jack Frost and Jack Frost Two. Uh, unfortunately. Like the Michael Keaton and, uh, one? <laughs> uh, no. The horror the movie. Horror movie one. The one where Shannon Elizabeth... I've never seen it. ...assaulted with a carrot. He takes his yeah. carrot nose and puts it somewhere else and then 
Shannon Elizabeth has been through the ringer. <laughs> she really has. And I think that was her first movie. I think that was Jesus. even her first yeah. movie. So we love you, Shannon Elizabeth. We respect you. Um, the, he did he did one other movie that looked like it was a horror movie that I had never heard of. It's called Six Souls. It was released in 2010. Uh, that He wrote the screenplay for it. And it starred Julianne Moore and Francis Conroy. I know nothing about it. I'm a little intrigued because mm-hmm. if if, you know, it followed... This movie, I mean, I feel like this movie is certainly an improvement on the two Jack Frost movies. Um, so if this, if, if anything that followed that would hopefully, you know, just continue the incline. Um, but, uh, but because I haven't heard anything about it, like at least Identity, I had heard about in its release. I, yeah. I heard enough about it to be motivated to see it. I, I wonder about Six Souls. But the other thing is, because uh, I looked up James Mangold again, because I, I know I knew the name. I, I had seen Logan and I knew I had seen other movies of his, but thing is i think james mangold is another director who i he he is kind of notorious for making movies that when i do see them i only see them once with one exception the only movie of his that i think i've seen maybe four or five times is girl interrupted and it was interesting because realizing that he directed that movie i have a kind of similar reaction to that one as i do to this in terms of like Really, really good idea. Really, really good cast. Some, even some really, really good things were executed within the body of this, but there were some problems that needed to be solved that just don't ever feel like they did for me to make it a classic, you know? And, um, and I, I loved Logan, but I saw it once. It was so sad and I'll never see it again. Yeah. He did 310 to Yuma. Good movie, but saw it once. Never need to see it again. Um, and yeah, so I think that's, he also did the Wolverine. The, uh, yeah, the, the second, the, 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 the pre- second wolf. So he did the second and the third Wolverine movies. The third yes, one being Logan. Yes. Uh, yeah. Okay, interesting. And Logan he, made uh, up for the Wolverine. And Logan made up for, for the first two Wolverine movies for sure. Uh, I <clears throat> walk the line uh, as well. Um, yeah, I've never I seen still that. Haven't seen. And I yeah, still I've only seen, seen Girl Interrupted once when that first came out. But I mean, like Winona Ryder. And, and Angelina, Angelina Jolie, yeah. Clea Duvall, and again, Brittany Murphy, uh, Brittany Murphy, yeah. kill me. Um, yeah, she was insane. I mean, not, I mean, her performance was yeah, yeah, yeah. off the charts, <laughs> yeah, incredible. I, but I gotcha. <laughs> um, but the most recent movie he directed, I didn't see either, and I had no uh, 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 impulse to see it. Was Ford versus Ford v Ferrari with yeah. uh, I think it was, was it Matt Damon and Matt Damon, somebody yeah. else. And somebody and, uh, else. And, uh, Pitt? Uh, no, no, no. Um, or Cooper? Which Brad was it? Uh, Christian Bale. <laughs> oh, it was Christian Bale. Okay. Yeah. One of those guys. Uh, <laughs> didn't see it. Didn't feel the need at all. Still don't. And I just think whatever it is that motivates him as a filmmaker, even if it's like con- content that I'm like, yes, I would be into that. Yeah. Maybe he, the way he frames it, the way he, you know, presents it is just not for my, for my taste. Fair, fair enough. It's just, yeah. That's, yeah. that's fair. I, I mean, I think like of I all the like movies the of his that I have uh, watched, that yeah. I, you know, I, I they're all entertaining of his. So uh, the end. I mean, the ones that I enjoyed. Yeah. Yeah. The end of this movie, you like? I okay. This is the thing. I mean, like okay. Spoilers for Halloween Four, everybody. But <laughs> <laughs> do you mind? <laughs> 
But I mean, okay, let's just say people at the end of that movie, there are a lot of people who hate it and give it a thumbs down. I have always adored the ending of that movie. Mm -hmm. So when this happened and we get kind of like a similar situation where somebody who you never suspected would be capable of doing something heinous and killing off, you know, like an unsuspecting surviving character. Well, not only that, but at that point, like we had, we were led to believe that Timmy was dead. Yeah. So the fact that, um, He's he's reintroduced as being alive. And then also I love the fact that everything about it, it's completely tonally different for me from the entire rest of the movie mm-hmm. because it does feel more camp. Just the fact that she is like, you know, she's finally digging up the soil and planting yeah. her oranges and, you and know, finds and, you know, the, the key. Yeah. And that was another I'm thing. Okay, because her. the key because the key <laughs> yes. the, the keys would show up after every murder occurred. And that right. was another thing because the reason that they that they realized that the the mother was dead because they heard the key drop, but every suspect was in the room, so that was like that was one clue to let you know that it was supernatural. Yeah. And they find the key and bodies start disappearing or whatever. Uh but then they're yes. like, "Wait, we missed a number or whatever." So when when she's digging up and she and she finds the number one the key. One. It's just like, yeah. but she's not dead yet. That doesn't make any sense. But just for for the purposes of you know plot and the twist, it was just like I, I really dig that, you know. <laughs> yeah, and also the fact that okay, she picks it up and immediately like her hands are quivering. You know, like she is so and her lip. She knows. Yeah, her lip and her and her eyes are welling up, and yeah. she's just got this incredible. Amanda Peet gives like one hundred percent. I love her, but mm-hmm. she's sitting there. <laughs> Uh, the camp part of it is for me the fact that she doesn't raise an arm. She doesn't make any move yeah. in a number of, I don't remember, I didn't time it, but it's a number of seconds. A lot of opportunity to roll to away. Get out of the way. Or, yeah, to push or like the kid down, him. do whatever He's you a little boy, But all, you she does, all she does is remain frozen yeah. in that moment with a quivering lip well, and I just think, like waiting her well, demise. She had, she had the, the hoe. <laughs> the hoe. She had the hoe yeah. and it, it, like, she oh. dropped it. And he picked it up because that's why he was like, you know, uh, smacking it into his hand. Right, right, right. But but that's why you roll away. <laughs> I mean, and we're assuming that they, she had no idea that she was a personality, like that they were personalities inside right. this this guy's head. Because uh, only only sure, John sure. Cusack knew that at, at that point. But I mean, like, I don't I don't question Timmy's ability to overpower people. Or anything because these are they're not they're just they're yes figments uh in 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 malcolm's head um sure so i'm just like i i'm all for that but i do agree like it did it did kind of undermine her character because i think like throughout most of the movie we're shown that she's not she doesn't need rescuing there's Mm. there's a scene where when they discovered the body of of uh, jake Busey. And everyone yeah. points the finger at John Hawks, and he grabs her and yes. puts a knife to her throat. Oh, and they're yeah. and they're like, "Hey, easy, easy!" And she like backs him up into the wall, like she gets yes. herself out of that situation. So I mean, like, Love it. she would have been like, I mean, I don't even know if like she could be considered a obviously not a final girl because she doesn't make it. But even the fact right. that she's not even a real entity <laughs> but i mean yeah. like up until <laughs> that true. point like you know she seemed pretty capable to handle herself and then yes i agree in that last moment you know there were things she could have done but what are you going to have like this big final girl chase scene of her running through an orange grove with little timmy like <laughs> walking after her like michael myers with his gardening hoe <laughs> 
I mean, at least at least it would have been in keeping with like her instinct for survival, just yeah. as a character entity or non-entity, like whatever. Yeah. But I mean, but again, like I, I didn't bother me because also that that is a little thing about her character, though. Like I I feel like the two people who were kind of at the end of their rope emotionally the most, you know, like the most kind of fried and the most manic are the two girls in the movie. It, I feel like it's it's uh, Ginny and Paris, and mm. that kind of bothered me. But um, you by the time say we that, get to you, that... You wouldn't say that uh, John Hawke's character is? Or, you know, even... I th- no, he's, he, he's certainly impulsive, and he's certainly yeah. reckless, and he's certainly irresponsible and 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 you know and and not in control at all but yeah. compared to like he's it's just a, it it's a different reaction. it's a different kind of energy he's, but it's still the same uh yeah but he's doing it in reaction to like being accused of shit or like you know like being having people scream in his face they're doing it just cuz Oh, bad things are happening. Oh, <laughs> Lord. You know, like, and it's, I'm like, okay, we got one character doing that. We don't need you both to do that. I mean, it's, yeah. and again, it's not bad. Well, I, I find that I she, like Amanda... she didn't start doing it until after Ginny was, yes. was taken out. So it's just almost like, she now it's like, tongue. now you've been designated the, uh, the, the, the uh, whimpering, um, the whimpering woman, I guess. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically. And that, so that bothered me. But by the time we got to the end of the movie, I'm just going to like, well, she's been whimpering for like the last, yeah. you know, 30 minutes. Like, it, okay, it makes I sense. I mean, she just at that going, point, oh. all I, I just like, like going back to the camp of it all, just like the, the, yeah. the flashback of just seeing like, it was Timmy all along and how he, he basically was like Mrs. Voorhees with, with the knife, you know, coming in there, you know, like, did he even have like the knife? I don't know if he had the, the belt with the, the, the sheath for the knife. Cause I know that John Cusack found that. I don't know. I'd have to watch it again, but it it was just funny seeing him like walk around with with the knife. And, um, (laughs) and then of course the iconic line, I don't know why this wasn't your line at the start of the episode. Whores don't get a second chance. I don't like that line. I don't want to say that. (laughs) (laughs) No, because that was another thing. That was the thing that just made me say, okay, you're an asshole. And that was another thing in terms of like, we mentioned it a little bit earlier and then I'll come back to this, but, um, uh, them, them kind of suspecting, everybody kind of suspecting on the periphery that, uh, Paris, you know, Paris's line of work as it were. And, um, I, I think that it was another clue that they, on some level, they all kind of know what's going on, but in order to kind of like maintain the reality that they've set up for themselves with their backstory and with their context and all of that, mm-hmm. um, they need to continue to just kind of like ride the wave until they can't anymore. Like I, I, cause I mean, we saw what it did to Ed when he was being told exactly what was going on and what that did to his, you know, the fabric of his reality. Um, anyway, um, but in terms of like, uh, Timothy saying that because he was echoing an exact line that, uh, Larry said, and was Larry the only other one who said it in the movie? That like whores don't. Larry, Larry the the motel manager. Chance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was he the only other one? Because he said something like that at some point during the movie. I don't. He never said whores don't get a second chance, but he, you know, he, he called her a whore many times. He he called her a whore, but I feel like okay, I, I could. have Well, the only like, other what, like what I was Timothy mentioning is it. that in the deleted scenes, uh, Clea Duvall's character was also, you know, called her a whore. That's why but there's I, that scene where okay, she. Okay, but back I didn't. To, yeah. 
Okay, I could have sworn there was an approximation of that line I earlier think it was because just, it did feel like a throwback. I think it was just him. But, but um, I also liked when those two characters kind of teamed up, you know, after despite their, their <laughs> odds. And they kind of, they're like, okay, we gotta, we yeah. got to figure out what to do. Um, Paris and Larry, yeah. Yeah. Laris. But, uh, <laughs> Perry, but, uh, stop. We've, Don't, we've shipped stop them. trying to we've make them, them happen. <laughs> no, but, um, but when Timmy said that, I was just kind of like, oh, you're a piece of shit too. Like how many of these male personalities? Yeah. I mean, I guess if he's, you know, like the killer. a murderer, misogyny yeah. can't, well, yeah, misogyny can't be that far away. But I just, it just made me really, really sad that like to, to imagine that that many male uh, uh, personalities or uh, uh, minds, you know, like collectively, like within one mind, would be that misogynistic toward, like, uh, particularly the, the 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 female personality that I root for the most. Like that, that just made me that I couldn't say that line because I, yeah, I couldn't say that line in the beginning because it's not fun to me. It's sad. It's camp. <laughs> I wasn't. It's camp. I, I, I enjoyed the camp. I enjoyed the camp. I did enjoy that, but I also was just like, fuck, what a bleak world. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's not it's not a happy place, the world of identity two thousand three. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> the world like the, just the world outside of it or the world of uh Malcolm Rivers either. It is an unforgiving because yeah. because while he's killing her Malcolm Rivers is killing Alfred Molina. Yeah. Or at least choking How him. How about I don't that, know that like, final shot of the, the highway road landscape? <laughs> uh, again, stark, yeah. empty, vacant. I like that, uh, though. I like that. Dangerous. <sighs> I like the danger. I, it's fine. I, <laughs> I also like the... Okay, so there's, like, there's a little... Uh, I, I, I guess, can we call it a nursery rhyme? Um, that's, oh, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It comes up three times in the movie. The first, I think it's right at the very beginning. It's a poem. It's a Is poem. It a poem? Uh, I saw... Uh, no, it goes, I it, goes, saw... it goes, as I was walking up the stairs, I saw a man who wasn't there. A man who wasn't, he wasn't there. there. He wasn't there again today. Again today. I wish... I, I wish, I wish... Why do you got to go pair away? at me? I'm trying to say it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, which is just like, and it's, is it like, it's almost like a riddle too. Cause it's just like, it's, it's one of those things that just, it doesn't make any sense. So it's within the, the structure, like in the theme of the movie. But the first time we hear it is I, it might've been John Cusack's character who says it at the beginning, like some, like, um, I thought it was Ray Liotta. I, I, I thought it was oh, Ray Liotta's voice, be. but I could, but then, tell. but then I thought, I thought it was but him. then we see that that's kind of like, that's something that he says to himself. Ed says to himself, mm-hmm. like, I guess when he's you know, having his, yeah. I guess the, the moments where he's kind of going in and out of personalities yeah. or just, you know, what he's doing. Cause he, he's like, you know, doing that thing, like pinching his, uh, between his eyes there and he's, and he's repeating it to himself. But then we hear it again at the very end being whispered by Timmy, you know, after, mm-hmm. yeah. after the bleakness of, of the, the world of identity. So there's, there's definitely <laughs> not going to be an identity too. We're not going to see a sequel no. of, uh, Malcolm Rivers under the the influence of Timmy going around and killing people. You know, that's that's basically it, you know. Do you think that the world of identity is a shared universe with the world of Final Destination? Nope. Just cuz Where did that come from? Malcolm I think Malcolm is related to Clear. <laughs> <laughs> 
I sometimes your head cannon is just, <laughs> it makes no sense to me. I mean, because also Final Destination does have this kind of like bleak, inescapable fate. So are you, you know, saying that? Okay, so are you moniker. saying that like Final Destination is is like the world of uh, identity, or Final Destination exists inside Malcolm Rivers' head? The the former, not the latter. I don't think I don't think Final Destination exists in Malcolm's head. That's too much. Um, no, I, and there's I just also think the fact that Clear, Clear Rivers predates Malcolm by three years as well. That's fine. <laughs> okay, just so there can't be a shared universe. <laughs> I don't they have know. to be released I, at the exact same time. I don't need. I just. Plug- I don't need a sequel. I don't need a shared universe. This is one of those like movies for me that I just like. It stands alone, and I wish more <sighs> movies were like this. I wish more horror properties, you know, just real like had this mindset of just like, we don't need to like go bigger, you know, it we're just, let's just focus on making one movie. Okay. No and shared I... universes, no, no MCUs <laughs> or DC <laughs> things. You know I mean, more about that than I do. Yeah. Look who you're talking to about it. But, um, but at the same time, like I, no, I, I'm, I just thought it was funny when I, when I wrote down Malcolm Rivers name and I was just going to like, we had just, you know, done the, uh, final girl discussion and i was thinking clear rivers was very fresh in my head she yeah. almost never is so i just kind of thought like oh that'd be funny um but anyway <laughs> now this movie ultimately like um i i i i i can see the value in it i would never disparage anybody for being a fan or admiring uh the work that was done within it i even myself admire some of the work uh, within it, and I, but I don't find it kind of blissfully flawed enough to want to return to it over and over again. In fact, I may wait another twenty or so years before I attempt to see it again. There, <laughs> but fair um, yeah, yeah, but but um, but yeah, but it's it it, it was it was fine. <laughs> it got there. It yeah. got there. Oh, great. That's yeah, I and said. I think. I mean, I, I mean, I. We had a, a good run, like we were doing episodes there, I, like every movie I loved, I think, because we did The Thing, we did Get Out, Scream 2, mm-hmm. something like the last, like I know you did last summer, Black Phone and Us, we're, you know, like tepid. Um, For you. And, you know, especially like after <laughs> what I said about Us. And like very similar with Us, like, you know, we have a movie with a twist at the end. And, mm-hmm. you know, I talked about how, you know, like I didn't like that M night Shyamalan, uh, you know, style of like having an entire movie based on a twist. But, you know, in the case of identity, I, you know, I, and not to say that I think that us was one of those movies, um, because I think Mm. that us still works without the twist at the end. This one, obviously the twist is required, but it's also the twist doesn't define the movie either. You know, there's, there's so much more going on in it for, for me that mm. you know it's it you know even if this was a straight up murder mystery slasher whatever mm-hmm. i've been like mm-hmm. five i'm like this is you know this is still a good movie it's you know it's got you know hitchcockian qualities i've been happy with it for me the twist elevates it to you know something even greater so it's mm. it's it's a yes from me yay <laughs> anyway shall we, <laughs> shall we get to the cherry picker Yes! Alright. All 
right, so first order of business. We gotta pick a cherry on top. I think I know where you're going with this, but I, yeah. I'm personally gonna, you know, throw uh, Paris out there as my pick for the, the cherry yeah. on top. Absolutely. Okay. You know, I thought maybe you would say Malcolm Rivers, uh, but uh, yeah, like it's... He's not on screen enough. <laughs> yeah. I actually, He's great. That's a great yeah, performance. Um, Amanda Peet, I, I just recently... I don't know if you've seen the show Dirty John. No. It's, yeah, it's like an anthology of like true crime, true like American crime. And uh, the second season is uh, based on Betty Broderick. Uh, who was a a woman who was convicted of murdering her husband and his new wife. Uh, Like it was like her, her ex-husband and his, his new wife. And it's uh, like eight episodes or something. And it's like Amanda Pete plays uh, Betty Broderick. And the whole thing is just like, it's, it's so well done. And she just like delivers such an amazing performance because she is taking like this, this, character this this woman who you know for the most part is just like portrayed as like you know being this monster who you know murdered her yeah, ex-husband yeah, yeah. but she like brings so much nuance to it because like it, they're, they're exploring this history of you know how what drove her to commit the murder like she was being gaslit mm. for for years and years and it gets to like a point they're just like you don't condone what she does but you like you understand it and like for for like an actor to you know have that ability to to make an audience uh f- mm-hmm. feel like empathetic of of you know who they are and what and what they did is incredible so i mean like if you could find it i think it's on netflix uh check it out if, like if okay. you're if you're an yeah, amanda pete no. stan yeah but i was gonna say like <laughs> i i think that she uh definitely deserves the cherry on top my one gripe with too. with her character oh. is when because I mean she she's also into astrology which is cool but she says to, yes, to John because she she's just I like thought... when's your birthday she's like May Taurus just like me and it's just like there's there's <laughs> May Gemini's like don't don't uh, discount you know <laughs> the other signs but that's it that's that's the only great. Oh wow! Okay, <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I, I uh, just very briefly because uh, la- most recent thing I saw her do was an HBO Talking Head series by the Duplass brothers called Togetherness, where she played a role very similar to the one you're describing in the sense she is not the most sympathetic person on paper, yeah. you know, like in the world, and yet she is so utterly watchable and i am always just like what are you doing with your life honey come on get it together and i can't stop watching her and she makes she's so so watchable i love watchable actors she was also i I noticed because i just did like a rewatch of of seinfeld i I, she was on like an episode she was like jerry's girlfriend for for one thing i know she was like very high maintenance or or that was like her her whole (laughs) all right anyway uh last week we asked you who deserves to die the most in us uh, mm-hmm. between Kitty Tyler and Adelaide Wilson. I chose Kitty. Yeah. You chose Adelaide. Across Patreon, Instagram, and YouTube, 134 for Kitty versus 282 for Adelaide. Hey. You, have, you have dethroned me. My, <laughs> my winning streak is over. For now, <laughs> for, for I, well, you know, you might go on a tear here, but uh, maybe. But uh, do you want to? That's lovely, though. Thanks, guys. Yeah, th- I mean, thank you for everyone who voted. 
should have voted. Yeah. You should have voted my way, though. Just <laughs> let's <laughs> let's see what uh, let's see what people are saying. Uh, yeah. Heather Marie says this is one of my absolute favorite movies. I think it's genius. Ooh. Can't wait to watch the video you all put out on it. Okay, obviously oh. we're recording this and it hasn't been released yet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, let's see. Uh, I I as Again, I'm not going to say this right. I as uh, Kamzik. There's a lot of um, like symbols over letters, so I uh, yeah, I'm I'm so, oh, I'm okay, so sorry. Okay. Um, <laughs> but love both of them. But sometimes I question: Does Adelaide actually love her family, considering her true wow. origins? But uh, since she, uh, she born that gave birth to them, and they are her children, and she married the man she wanted i guess she does i think she learned normal emotions and behavior after living in the normal world i don't mm. i don't think that there's ever a question on whether she loves her own family i think that that's you know that's, that's very that's very though. evident like, I, like you know from from the get go but yeah it, well from the tri- from the tribalism angle for sure mm-hmm. but i'm I, it's an interesting I'd, I'd be interested in delving into that even more so cuz i've never heard that brought up before i'd i'd be interested in knowing like why why <laughs> all right go on yeah that's great blue box 87 yay i can finally agree with eddie adelaide <laughs> yeah i love like the one the one movie that we get to where i'm just like i don't know i don't care i'll just throw a name out there that's that's where you <laughs> you end up winning <laughs> Thomas Baker says, I choose Adelaide Wilson because she killed the real Adelaide. So that way, nobody will know the real truth about her. Yeah, except, except her son. Jason, yeah. And, uh, and then Sam Levy says, Kitty was written to be as hateful and obnoxious as possible. So I went with her. Adelaide, in quotations, uh, may have been the doppelganger, but she really married her husband and gave birth to her children. So I don't see her as a threat to them in any way. What? She's a threat to... <laughs> okay, she's a because threat. she's not a threat she's to She's a her threat to, to the real Adelaide. To her blood relatives yeah. and the man she married. So that's... It doesn't matter that she's a complete threat to her doppelganger, her yeah. her surface dweller self. Yeah. Anyway, okay. Yeah. Whatever. So that's the opposite of, of what, uh, you know, was, was brought up earlier. Um, yeah, interesting. All right. So you get uh, you get first dibs with this movie. Okay, I have a question because they are fully formed characters, but so all the personalities are fair game. Given the I rules think, that we've given the rules, uh, which I I don't have them in front of me, but um, I yeah, would yeah. say that they do apply here because I'm, it's still it's. It's a it's a consciousness. Yeah. It, okay. Let, I can look over the rules right now. I can tell you what they say, and we'll get to the bottom of this because that is a good point. Okay. Cool. Um, yeah. Because maybe if, in that case things should be reworked on, but uh, I I <laughs> I don't know. Um, so bear with me here. Okay. All right. <clears throat> Uh, so the official rules. One, each nomination must not exceed a maximum of one individual. Two, the, nom- right. the nominee must either be human or anthropomorphic in appearance. 
I think that that okay. counts for yes. Uh, yes. multiple personalities. Three, if the nominee is a supernatural, scientific, or extraterrestrial being, they may only count as a valid nomination if they are shown to inhabit their original form. Uh, I don't think that, that they're not supernatural, scientific, or extraterrestrial, so that doesn't matter. And then four, if mm-hmm. the nominee is a supernatural, scientific, or extraterrestrial being, they may only count as a valid nomination if they are distinguishable as their own unique and autonomous entity separate Ooh. from a hive mind. I think, like, they, again, it doesn't apply because it's not supernatural, scientific, or extraterrestrial, but they you can distinguish each uh, identity yeah. as their own unique and autonomous uh, they're certainly not a hive yeah. mind. There yeah. is a splintering. Yeah. Uh, okay. The nominee cool. must be physically seen on screen and exist within the real time of their applicable media. So I think that okay. you know you we do see these people on screen. It's not like a multiple yes, person. Like if we were if we had just seen them through Malcolm, I don't think that they would count in that way. Um, right. And the and right. what is going on in his head? It's real to him. Like that's you know within within the movie yeah i think that's where that's where it would get blurry um because it's also real to us for the first hour and 15 minutes of the movie and it's and it's okay yeah maybe i should put something in here like contingent on like twists or something and then six if the nominee (laughs) only appears in a dream or flashback it must be originating to the applicable media so I mean, like these are neither dreams nor flashbacks but i mean like i I would say yeah i'd like there's there's no okay. way that it's it's it would. I mean, I never thought that the rules would interrupt uh, a, a nomination for any of the, the personalities, but uh, I, okay. I I think that the rules. Well, it's not like it's not clear, <laughs> clear mm-hmm. um, that it's. Uh, I, I think that we can allow it. If anyone has a problem, okay, cool. you know, too bad. <laughs> Yeah, too bad. We already made the decision as of you're watching this. Yeah. So, all right. My uh, choice for the cherry picker then, who deserves to die the most, is Timmy York. Uh, young Timothy. Because I find him just as threatening as kind of like the most threatening of the uh, personalities, uh, among them Officer Rhodes, uh, Robert, who's Jake Busey's role. And, um, uh, at times, Larry, John Hawk's role. Um, but I find him even, I find him even more threatening than them because he has a guise of innocence, um, that made nobody suspect him at all the entire movie. And because I don't understand what he's going through. Because is he just a tremendous actor? And that's why he was weeping when his mother, personality had died or was he and and he was just putting on a show or was he literally like just so erratically emotional that he does mourn her and miss her because his mommy's gone but is also like overtaken by his own i mean is he a splintered personality within a a separate personality (laughs) like i mean there are so many unanswered questions i feel like he is the darkest like remains kind of like of Mm -hmm. the the poor mind of Malcolm Rivers um and he's in the, the the driver's seat by the end of the movie like they're like he needs to die he needs to die yesterday and I'm terrified of him and I don't like that a boy that age is capable of saying the line that I will not say so fuck him kill him 
Well, I want him gone. The, I mean, just just to touch upon what you were saying, the the flashback that we see where it just shows like how he managed to kill some of the people where he didn't actually yeah. kill them is because he was right. playing that game with her where you know they were pressed up against the glass and then he yes, he yes. backed up, which caused her to back up. So he you know had had seen that the car was coming, so he did that you know to make sure that she would get hit, and then he did a similar yes. thing with his stepdad because. He he's like right. stay right there, Timothy, and then he walked out mm-hmm. into the the laneway because he knew that the father would sure. push him out of the way to save him and then get hit by the car. But so he had the presence of mind to do that. But his reactions at the time were to keep. I mean, because I mean, you have to remember, like all these people, none of them knew that they were personal, like different personalities within Malcolm's uh-huh. mind. So he's meeting all these people for the first time other than his, his parents uh, mm. in, in his mind within the mind. And he's obviously going around and killing them, but he doesn't, you know, he has to act innocent. He has to put on these airs of just like, huh, mommy, you know, or I don't even think he says anything. He just like starts whimpering. <laughs> so he, you know, right, he, right, right, he, right. you know, it's, he's, he has to play the part of the, the kid. But what motivates that? Like, does he have the presence of mind to know I have to, they, nobody can suspect that I do this. So I'm going to just be a tremendous actor and weep because she's gone. Or is he literally going through something that strategically like just happens to work in his favor. Like I feel like he's a mystery that I yeah. almost never want solved. I just want him out. Sure. Lights out. You're, over, you're overthinking gone. it. <laughs> <laughs> I want him gone. That's what I do. I know. Um, <laughs> the king of headcanon. <laughs> okay. I, okay. Honestly, like my first inclination is to go for, you know, a character we didn't even really mention. Um, but it was just like, you know, really pissed me off. And that's Judge Taylor, who, you know, was the the, the presiding judge at, at the hearing who 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 was aggravated that, you know, he had to even be there, you know, even though that there was yeah. the evidence that was missed that could, um, uh, you know, exonerate uh, this man who's who's literally being sentenced to death in mere hours. And it's like an inconvenience that, mm-hmm. you know. You know, obviously, like, he's a criminal who, who's, you know, been convicted of, of murdering people. But it's just, like, his position mm. is so just, like, you know, I've been dragged out of bed for this. Like, are we going to get this <laughs> over with? He wants to start the fucking thing before, you know, it's, it, you know, the, the guy's even there. Um, like, he's clearly yeah. not following legal protocol. But then, like, I don't think anyone will even know who I'm talking about if I, if I nominate <laughs> this guy. The other, the other option is Rhodes, um, Ray Liotta, who I already feel bad, like weird about nominating because Ray Liotta, uh, who, who, who's just passed away. But I also, yeah. but the thing is, like, I also like watching him. Like, I, I, like, I, you know, get a kick out of you know watching Ray Liotta be the bad guy. So yeah. uh, you know, at this point, I mean, I don't care. I'm just, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pick Judge taylor because fuck that guy so yeah sorry i had to work it out in my head head there so you know of course of course i might lose this one but i'm i'm just being true to myself in in this case no 
if we had been confined to like the actual like realm of consciousness that is reality as you and I perceive it, I probably would have chosen Dr. Malik because he's a hideous failure at what he does. <laughs> <laughs> like the whole movie basically ends the way it does because he failed. Yeah. So that, well, that he already he I already got the, the the death sentence for that. The the movie right, cherry right, picked right. him for <laughs> us. So those are your yes. two options. You can you can pick uh, Timothy York. Or you can pick Judge yes. Taylor and, uh, you know, <laughs> vote your heart, vote your conscience. That is open to uh, Patreon, Instagram, and YouTube polls. Yep. Uh, I also, uh, speaking of Patreon, would like to welcome two new patron supporters. So we got uh, Kyle Carr with a K Yay! and uh, Zombie Cakes. With a, with, a, with a Z on the end. <laughs> yes. hey. so, so thank you for, for coming aboard. Uh, also, speaking of Patreon, you you briefly mentioned this, but, uh, you know, we we uh, do a bonus episode every month. You know, probably mentioned this every episode by now. But uh, July's uh, episode, we will be ranking all of the final girls. I mean, we say all, but a lot. I mean, 85. The, there were 85 in total. <laughs> what we could agree on uh of like the ones that we yes. know and we've seen movies for so not not all of yeah. them have been there but i'm sure all the ones that you would think of you know that would come to mind immediately they're yeah. all there supersized episode that is available to uh freddy krueger tier supporters and above so if you want to uh head over to patreon and uh and uh support uh my main YouTube channel and, and the podcast, uh, by doing that, you will have uh, access to that. That's going to be released on the 20th. So I believe that I, that's tomorrow, uh, if you're watching this by the time this one releases. So uh, <laughs> check out that. And also, if, if, you know, if you're on uh, the, the tiers uh, underneath that, you know, uh, think about upgrading. But uh, I, on that note, I do want to thank Andre Felix. Who, uh, yes. who, who who helped edit that episode and helps, uh, I shouldn't even say help, he does edit it. He does all of the editing. <laughs> um, so, you know, credit where credit is, is deserved. But uh, also just a, a reminder that if you are new to The Cherry Picker, you can uh, listen to it. If you are watching it on YouTube, the RSS uh link is in the descriptions below and if you are listening to it for the first time and you want to watch the video uh then you can go look for us on youtube the cherry picker um mm -hmm. also we we have a, a apple podcast review yay what which is always fun when we get these i'm i'll read that to you so from dreaming dan must for horror fans I'm so in love with this podcast as a horror fan oh. who got a little rusty over the years. This has reignited my passion and I find myself dusting off the old DVD collection, adding to it and oh. watching horror flicks regularly again. Zach and Eddie oh. have great chemistry and it's a joy to listen to them. Eddie coming in, having seen the film once or twice with a few notes, and Zach being the kind of person that has seen the film 10 times in the last couple of months <laughs> and went online to look up the blueprints of the house that one scene was shot at. Because <laughs> he needed to know what was behind that door. <laughs> I think that's is that in reference to the who killed who. Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 
Both draw from a wealth of knowledge and are all about celebrating the genre. There's no cynicism and no one has their head up their rear end. Uh, while they're not we shy with their, with their criticism, it always comes from a constructive place of love for the genre. Mm-hmm. I wholeheartedly recommend The Cherry Picker and I'm excited to see where this still relatively young podcast goes from here. Yay. Thank you, Dreaming Dan. Thank and you know what? Dan. I'm I'm right there with you because I had my my period of time where you know the horror genre wasn't you know in in the forefront of of my life or, or anything. So, I you know I'm I'm happy to have gotten back into it in the last uh, you know five or so years. Yeah, reconnecting with your favorites is a good. Uh way to just kind of like domino effect back into yeah, a horror genre. And if then, anybody's just like getting their feet wet again, like start a collection and start with your favorites. Yeah. And yeah I think it's, it's I yeah. Saying. And it's important to own physical media too. Cause I mean, like you yes. can't, you can't count on, you know, everything always being available there. At least, at least your no, favorite, yeah. whatever your favorites are, I, I would recommend. Yeah. You know, get starting Absolutely. there. Um, yeah. But anyway, uh, social media, if uh, you guys uh, aren't uh, subscribed yet, please subscribe to this channel on YouTube. Uh, yeah. if, you, if you want to uh, leave your own review on Apple, Apple Podcasts, that uh, is greatly appreciated. Uh, and it goes a long way in uh, helping us get discovered algorithmically. We are also on Instagram at yes. the Cherry Picker Pod, uh, both yeah. the Instagram and the YouTube, as as well as my Patreon, is you know where you can vote in the Cherry Picker, and then individually uh, our social media. Where can they find you, Eduardo? You can find me at Edward is Truth one word on Instagram, as previously stated. And if you want to check out some of my movie reactions that I have already posted on my own YouTube channel, go to uh, Edward is Truth one word uh, and watch me watch movies. It's fun. <laughs> and you can uh, find me on Instagram at Retro Bitch Face, all one word. I'm also on Twitter at Zach Cherry Eight. <laughs> And my YouTube, just look up Zach Cherry. It's the K. And uh, I do not do movie reactions because, you know, no. I, I don't know how to have fun like that. So, <laughs> I would argue what? against that. But. That I don't do movie reactions? No, that you know how to have fun. I know. <laughs> like that. Um, what do we got going on next week? Next week, we have that movie with the thing in the water that... Well, with the fin and the teeth that underneath. Kristen Stewart? Yes, exactly. (laughs) You said underwater. (laughs) Spoiled everything. No, we're seeing Jaws. Anyway, that is next week. So join us again. And uh, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. And we will be right back. 